0: Well, welcome to the Wonderful Words of Life radio program today. We'll be concluding Peter's first letter to Christian believers. We'll be in chapter 5 today. And my, 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 what an appreciation I have gained in studying this letter. And I hope you have too. I hope you have been following along in our study of 1 Peter. Uh, Peter, what a man of God. What an absolute man of God. Uh, we see him in the Gospels as a lowly fisherman being mocked uh, at the early part of his ministry for not having letters, not having learning. But yet we see in this letter, the Apostle Peter, a doctor of divinity, one so thoroughly dealt with by the Holy Spirit, a man totally unafraid of what was going to come upon him in the days, of head, a days ahead, but a man, Lord, that is so rich, And revelation, so rich in the things of God. Uh, I truly hope that uh, through this study, you have delved into this first letter and really prayed through it and prayed over it and asked God not just for information, but for revelation. And really, that's what this radio program is all about. It's not just about information. It's more about in company with the information, revelation for Jesus to reveal himself to us through the word of God. And also to gain appreciation for the authors. And I tell you, I have really gained a new appreciation for the Apostle Peter. And I hope you have too. Amen. So, Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just uh, we plumb the depths. Lord, we, we, we desire to plumb the depths of your word and pull out of your word that, Lord, which you have for us, that which you would want us to know. Apply it to our life. Help us to grow. And, Father... Uh, We desire to emulate, first of all, the Lord Jesus and everything that he says and everything that he did while he was here upon this earth during his ministry and also to emulate and to follow the apostles. And we thank you for that, Father, and we give you praise. And, Lord, we pray right along with the psalmist. In you, O Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be ashamed. In your righteousness, deliver me. Incline your ear to me. Rescue me quickly. Be to me a rock of strength and a stronghold to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress. For your name's sake, you will lead me and guide me. Praise God. What fitting words today. Lord, we just, we just want to take a, t- a moment and we want to pray concerning the virus that's uh, raging through this land. Father, I, I, your people are praying interceding, standing in the gap. And I know, Father, that you are answering. And Lord, and I know that you're giving the doctors 10 times the wisdom, skill, and knowledge that they need. Father, for us to defeat this, Lord, they're doing everything uh, in the natural to defeat this virus. And so, Father, your church is doing everything in the supernatural, Lord, to defeat this uh, this virus. And I know, Father, that when the natural is working in conjunction with the supernatural, it creates a tremendous, powerful force for God. So I know, Father, that this thing is defeated. This virus is defeated. This spirit of infirmity that's behind, uh, this virus is defeated. And it must be cast down. And it will be, uh, sent back to where it came from. And so, right, we're talking about the regions of hell itself. And so, Father, I thank you, Lord. We, in you, we find refuge. Now, Lord, lead us, guide us, and direct us in this time of prayer. In this time of study, and we'll give you the praise, honor, and glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, praise God. So here we are in 1 Peter chapter 5, and we begin in verse 1. Notice uh, Peter's exhortation to shepherds to feed the flock of God. Therefore, I exhort the elders, elders among you as your fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ and a partaker also of the glory that is to be revealed. Notice this. Once again, Peter mentions a partaker of the glory that is to be revealed. Jesus is to be revealed. Now, he's being revealed to us every day. Every time that we open up the word of life, every time we pray over the word, every time that we incline our heart. I like what the psalmist said. He said, Lord, I will incline my heart to your word and not to covetousness. And I will turn away my eyes from worthless things. And so now, Lord, revive me in your way. Praise God. Amen. That's what we're praying for. Lord, revive me in your way. Lord, revive us. Hallelujah. And so we look to this and we say, in Jesus' name, hallelujah. Father, bless this work today. Bless it. I tell you, there's a spirit of prayer on me today. Bless the work, Father. Blessed in Jesus name. And then Peter goes on and he says this shepherd the flock of God among you exercising oversight not under compulsion but voluntarily according to the will of God and not for sordid gain but with eagerness nor yet as lording it over those allotted to your charge but proving to be examples to the flock. I'm reading out of the new American standard today. I want to uh, just give a a note to pastors and to ministers and to shepherds. Uh, God loves you and I love you. I know I was a shepherd for 29 years and I still have that spirit of pastor on me, that calling. And Patsy and I, we get called quite often to to uh, counsel and to pray over individuals and to console them. I just want to let you know how vital your ministry is to the church. And the greatest blessing that you can be to your congregation is to be a shepherd who prays and stays in the presence of God. And if need be fast for God to pour out his love upon you so that Lord, you can, so that uh, pastors, you can turn around and shed that love upon your congregations. Hallelujah. Don't be a, a shepherd that, uh, Uh, don't be a shepherd that skins his sheep. Let me say it that way, but do like Peter does be a shepherd that feeds the flock of God. Hallelujah. Not for personal gain, but just to be the kind of shepherd that God would have you to be. Amen. Praise God. Verse four says, and when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Oh, isn't that a tremendous blessing? Amen. Amen. Faithful shepherds are going to receive a crown of glory one day. But notice that Peter again mentions to believers the coming of the Lord. Hallelujah. And that's so important for us today. Jesus is coming. Hallelujah. And we need to live our lives as as if we knew that Jesus were coming in the next 30 seconds, next 60 seconds. Let's arm ourselves with the fact that Jesus is coming again. Not if, but when. This is how we live our life. Amen. We live our life in such a way that Jesus, as if we we knew that Jesus were coming in just the next few minutes, praise God. And then Peter goes on and he says this. He says, you younger men, likewise, be subject to your elders and all of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. For God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all of your anxiety upon him because he cares for you. There's one thing that uh, that I never appreciated concerning the pastoral ministry was that the care and the anxiety that I was often exposed to concerning the flock that I pastored. And if there's anything that we need to learn as ministers of God, And that is to learn how to cast our care upon the Lord because he cares for us. After all, he is the chief shepherd. He knows all about the pastoral ministry. He knows all about pastoring. Uh, He's given us the Holy Spirit to help us to stand in the gap for us, to come alongside of us, to help us in our time of need. And even when we do not know how to pray as we ought, yet the Spirit of God will come. To us, take hold together with us against whatever it is that's troubling you, pastor or minister, that's troubling your flock. And he will show you and direct you how to make it through. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Because he's such a good God. Amen. Such a good God. But notice that Peter says here, humble yourselves. And that comes from the Greek word tapeno, and it means to depress it means to humiliate. It means to abase, to bring low, to humble. It means to make low or to bring low, thera says this, to a level or to reduce to a plane. Amen. And that's one of the keys that we have to learn, that we have to develop in our life as ministers and as believers. Uh, the ability to walk uh, or to develop that which is Uh, in us through the new birth, and that is a spirit of humility. And I I know the flesh wants to rise up, wants to claim its rights, but let's just take an example from the Lord Jesus. What, What Isaiah the prophet prophesied concerning Jesus, as the lamb before the slaughter, he opened not his mouth. There are things that Jesus could have accused the Jews and the Romans of. But yet he kept his mouth shut and he only replied concerning. Go back and read. Now, this is the, the time that uh, we look to uh, the, the, uh, the crucifixion and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. You know, go back in the Gospels and, and, uh, and look at all of the responses that Jesus made. Every one of them, every one of them had to do with uh, the word of God. Jesus at no time, at no time ever lost control of his senses, of his emotions. Everything was perfectly in control. And even on the cross, Jesus would not expire until he knew that the reason why he was put on the cross, that plan, that purpose of God was accomplished. It was only after he realized that that he said, It is finished. And so that's uh, such a tremendous lesson and a picture for us today. You know, we may be going through a lot. We may we're going right now. We're going through a plague, a viral epidemic uh, throughout this land. And many have been infected. Many have died. And that's why we're standing in the gap for our nation, for our president, for all those that uh, that are infected, for all those that. All the doctors and nurses, all the EMTs, all the medical, uh, industry that's involved in the front lines, uh, trying to help people and, and, uh, and get them through this, uh, this plague that comes straight from the pits of hell. And we too, we're standing in the gap. You know, we need to understand that, uh, that Jesus, we look to Him. I know we look to medical science to help us. But we also need to look beyond medical science. We need to look to the one who is the healer, the one who is the restorer of the breach. And he will do just that. Amen. Praise God. And of course, you know, we need to we need to humble ourselves. We need to not only look to the left and to the right, but we need to look up, too. And I like, again, what uh, what Peter writes here, he says, be sober, be sober. Or have a sober spirit be on the alert because your adversary, the devil, prowls about like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. But resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. See, here's Peter speaking from experience. He's been through all this. So is the Apostle Paul. I mean, you can read in the, in the letters of the Apostle Paul and know that he's been through it all. Uh, they, they, they've gone through things deeper that you and I will never experience in this lifetime. They have. And they all came out on top. They have the scars and they have the bruises uh, to prove uh, the suffering that they endured. But they did it. They went through it like hardened soldiers. Isn't that what Paul said, endure hardness as a good soldier of the cross of the Lord? And these men are speaking from experience. They're speaking from not just experience, but they're speaking from revelation. They know the power of Christ, his power to keep us. And as we develop lives of prayer and as we develop a a discipline of of, uh, not just reading to gain information, but to plumb the depths of the Word of God, to get revelation, to have the Holy Ghost speak to us and teach us and train us concerning the Word of God, actually to allow the Holy Spirit to lift the, the letters and the words up out of the pages of the Bible and speak directly to us by revelation. That's tremendous experience. That's, that's how we get to the full stature of the measure of Christ. Amen. And so when Peter says resist him firming your faith reminds me of what Paul wrote to the Ephesian church. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles, all the plots and schemes and the devices of the enemy. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world and against spiritual wickedness in high places, How many times in the ministry of the Lord Jesus and going through the book of Acts did God's men deal with spirits of infirmity? As a matter of fact, there were some spirits that were called a spirit of infirmity. In other words, their sickness and disease that were plain to see that were out in the physical were caused by something in the the invisible world. And we have to be aware of this. We have to be sensitive to this. Amen. Hallelujah. And knowing how to deal to get people well again. Praise God. And then Paul goes on and he says, this: wherefore taken to you the whole armor of God that you might be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. See, this is victorious Christian living. Amen. That we stand against The plot schemes and the devices of the devil we have on our armor. We are ready. Amen. To go into battle against these things, to stand against them in Jesus name. And we'll have to stand and withstand in the evil day and having done all continue to stand. In other words, I look at it like this. That when we meet Satan on the battlefield and he comes to eat up our flesh, but we're standing in faith, we're withstanding in faith. And when the dust settles, here we are. We're still standing in the faith. Amen. Praise God. Stand therefore, verse 14, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness, having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace and above all taking the shield of faith, wherewith you should be able to quench all the the fiery darts of of the wicked. Now, what are you saying with your mouth concerning the present situation that we're in? Are you stoking fear and dread or are you speaking your faith? Are you speaking what God thinks about this thing? God, i tell you right now, I know what God thinks about this. This is a this is a plot and a scheme and the device of the devil. And see, we need to stand against that. We've got the authority in the name of Jesus to stand against that. So what are we doing? Well, we're praying with authority for God's protection and his covering. And we're also praying for our leaders. Amen. That uh, that God will give them the wisdom, skill and knowledge that they need to overcome this thing. Praise God. So we're doing supernaturally what the medical field is doing in the natural. And these two combined are going to cause this plague to be stayed in Jesus name. Amen. And then Paul goes on and he says, above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. For what purpose? Verse 18 praying always with all kinds of prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto. We have to watch over this thing. We can't just pray a simple prayer on Sunday or pray a simple prayer during our devotion and then go about our day busy. No, we need to watch. We need to watch. In other words, we need to have our spiritual antenna up. This needs to be this. This type of praying needs to be at the forefront of our mind, of our will, and of our emotions. It is only then that this type of praying that's going to prevail. Amen. Praying always with all kinds of prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Amen. Well, that, if we're going to be praying for all saints, that involves quite a bit of praying. Amen. And we need to get with it. Praise God. James says this in James chapter four, but he gives more grace. Wherefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Notice that. Notice what James is saying. The more grace we need, the more grace God supplies. But it comes through a humble heart, a heart that bows its knee to the Lord Jesus Christ, realizes that he is the one that has the power and authority, and he has invested us with that power and authority to make a difference in this life. And so he says, through humility, what do we do? We submit ourselves, therefore, to God. Then we resist the devil, and he will flee from you. He said also in that chapter, draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you and to me. Praise God. So. We need Jesus, we need his presence in this hour of need. But then Paul goes on and he, uh, I mean Peter goes on and he says this, "But the God of all grace, who has called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you." Once again, Peter's directing his readers, he's directing us to that calling to God's eternal glory. Amen. Why do we work? Well, we work because that's the heart of God for us to work. God has given us a work to do. It's ordained of God. We don't work to get saved, but after we get saved, we do works. Amen. Because we're ordained to do that. God calls us to different ministries. He's call, He calls us to do uh, different things, whether we be uh, servants in the church or uh, whether we we be uh, ministers of compassion and mercy, whether it be we be ministers have a prophetic anointing within the church that that uh, helps uh, to guide and direct the church. Uh, whether we be teachers or administrators, whatever we do, whatever God has called us to do, helpers, Amen. God directs us through His love. And so we capture that love. We captured it the very moment we got born again. And so what we operate of is we operate out of the compassion and love for God, just like Jesus did. Everything he did was motivated by the love of God. That's the reason Jesus sent. Listen, this is the reason why God sent Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him shall not, would not perish, but should have everlasting life. Amen. And God has shed abroad his love in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. It's God's grace that has enabled that. By grace, we're saved through faith. Amen. Praise God. And then James said again in chapter four, he said, and we've already read it, but he gives more grace. So whatever your need is, grace is supplied to meet that need. Amen. Amen. If you're sick today, I want you to know that God has supplied the grace necessary to get you healed, but you're going to have to believe him and stand in faith. Amen. Pay attention to the doctors, what they tell you to do exactly what they tell you to do. Amen. But understand this, that no doctor can bring healing to you without having at one time or another, having the authority Granted by God to the medical industry to bring about recovery and healing. Doctors don't stand by themselves. They're totally inadequate unless the hand of God is upon the medical industry to bring back to bring forth healing. And so that's why prayer is so important. But the God of all grace who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. After that, you have suffered a while, make you perfect. Establish, strengthen and settle you. So here we have the Apostle Peter speaking to us about suffering, something that he knew well of. But he says this. He says, after you have suffered a while, there is suffering in the Christian life. We just have to recognize that and accept it. There is suffering in the Christian life. But the suffering that we endure only causes us to do what? To make us perfect or complete, to establish us, to strengthen us, to settle us. We are warriors in the army of God. Amen. We're not cream puffs. We should be hardened soldiers of the cross. Amen. For what purpose? Well, because God's called us to his eternal glory. That's why we live our life. We live our life for the glory of God. That's the whole duty of man, to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Amen. Praise God. Well, this glory comes right along with suffering. Amen. We're going to suffer. I'm not talking about sickness and disease. I'm talking about hardness. And believe me, after 29, almost 29 years of pastoring, I I know what hardness is. But now this is for God's glory. But notice, Peter said this, make you perfect. In other words, make it'll make you uh, this suffering and the eternal glory that we're that we're working towards will fit us, make us sound, make us complete. It'll establish us. It'll make us stable. Hallelujah! It'll make us set fast. It'll fix us. Praise God! It'll establish us. Praise the Lord! We're not going to be like water. No, we're going to be like uh, what the psalmist said. Now you have taken me and you have set me upon a rock. Praise God. Amen. And it will also strengthen us. It will make us strong. Hallelujah. In our, we're talking about in our soul. It will steal something on the inside of us that makes us strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Amen. And it will also settle us. Hallelujah. Speaking of a, a, a foundation, speaking of being set on the ground. Amen. Being settled, consolidated, erected. Praise God. Hallelujah. Into somebody that is a glory to the Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. Well, Peter here, he's speaking from his experience as a man, not just as a man, but as a servant of God, somebody that has given, given himself completely over to the Lord Jesus. I tell you, uh, Peter was a man and he had a depth of soul. This is the thing that I'm, I'm getting out of this first letter. Peter was a man that had a depth of soul, a man that had been so thoroughly dealt with by the Holy Spirit through manifold trials and Peter himself abandoning himself to the Spirit. See, that's what I see out of the Apostle Paul. It's what I'm seeing out of the Apostle Peter. These are men that have abandoned themselves to the Spirit of God. And I tell you, these men, what the Lord has fashioned them to be to such a degree that all of us should aspire to. And I hope we do. Praise God. I know I am. Verse 11, to him be dominion forever and ever. And then Peter's final greetings. Notice this, by by Silas, a faithful brother unto you, as I suppose I have written briefly, exhorting and testifying that this is the true grace of God. If you want to study the grace of God, then study again, 1 Peter, all five chapters. This is the true grace of God. Wherein you stand. We stand by grace, praise God. That's why we're not going to be moved. And then Paul ends and he says this, the church that is at Babylon, elected together with you, salutes you, so does John Mark, my son. And I think when Peter mentioned Babylon, he was speaking of Rome. And then the final verse, verse 14, greet you one another with a kiss of charity. Peace be with you all that are in Christ Jesus. Amen. In other words, greet one another with a kiss of charity. Now, we don't kiss one another. Amen. But I tell you what, we are to throw people a kiss of charity. Not something that we do physically, but something we do spiritually. Throw our brother, throw our sister a kiss of charity. Amen. So we see a transition here. The Apostle Peter in the Gospels, a lowly fisherman, uneducated. But now we see a man thoroughly dealt with by the Holy Spirit, somebody who is deep in the things of God. My, 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 something that you and I as believers need to aspire to be. We need to follow this type of man. We need to follow their faith. We need to follow their service. Praise God. Amen. So, Heavenly Father, we do just that. Lord, we commit our souls and our lives to you. To live up to the standard of Christianity that both the Apostle Paul and the Apostle Peter have demonstrated through their letters, Lord. And But most of all, Father, we aspire to be followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. To live up to his standard and the standard of his followers. Because, Father, we are entering into a time. Our calling and election will be sure. Thank you, Father, for the glory that we experience and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All glory to you, Lord and Jesus. We love you with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and we give you all the praise and honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ,